welcome. Uh, what is your name? My name is Jessica Conley. Um, do you have a middle name? Lee. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm I'm collecting middle names. Apparently, I'm asking everyone what their middle name is. That was my mother's maiden name. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Um, so clearly, you're a writer. Um, how did you get started cycling? I love this question because I love everybody's answers. It's so different. Um, and I'll say that I do not have an endurance background whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I didn't like team sports growing up. I didn't participate in them. Mm -hmm. I was very much a loner. I was like, leave me alone. I'm going to read my book and play my violin. Don't bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got into, um, weight training. Okay. And I really liked that. I liked mm -hmm. the solitary experience of that. I liked that it made, made me feel strong. Um, so I carried that through high school and college. Okay. Um, I'm very competitive though. So I did like some competitions and okay. stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm an impulsive person when it comes to adventure and challenges. Okay. <laughs> One day I was staying at a cabin of a friend. Sure. Uh, they would let us stay over the holidays sometimes. I was staying there one Christmas. The people who owned the cabin were cyclists. Okay. Um, and I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have any cell service. And I just picked up a book that they had in mm -hmm. the cabin. And it was uh, a guide to biking the Blue Ridge Parkway. Okay. And I said, that's crazy. I want to do that. <laughs> Okay. So I, uh, the next week I bought a bike on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was the wrong size. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I even thought that I have no idea what this, it didn't even occur to me to like go to a bike shop. It never does. At the start. <laughs> no one knows all of that. Said Amazon, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I bought it on Amazon and I was expecting this bike to show up on my doorstep and I opened the box and it's just a bunch of bike parts. parts. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I took it to okay. a bike shop. Uh, and then I felt like an idiot because I was walking to a bike shop with a bunch of bikes. So I was like, can yeah. you put this bike together for me? Um, I'd never had a fit or anything. Yeah. I did some test rides around my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then I rode to Chipoke. Okay. In Surrey. Okay. Oh, it, okay. As like a test ride. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. These are some things that I need. Um, and then I rode the Blue Ridge Parkway from Roanoke to almost Asheville. Wait, wait. How? Wait. So you were, okay. Not just like get on the parkway. Like you were going to do a serious, how far was that? That's. Uh, I want to say I did around 300 miles or so. Okay, what's the time frame from you had the book to you did the ride? Uh, December, and then my spring break, and March, uh, like the last week of March. Er, it was it was early enough in March that nothing on the parkway was open. Okay, so none of the campgrounds were open, none of the stores were open. You're right. You didn't. Look <laughs> into it, yeah. I did it anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Okay, so you, you weren't quite going from couch potato to doing... You no. Were, you, were, you were still I, doing some kind of activity before. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right. 
it's still it's still like a lot um, to go from just I read a book. Yeah. And that's how you decided yeah. to go do that, which seems impulsive. It is. Okay. <laughs> how did it go? How did did you? It was amazing. Okay. It was so amazing. I yeah. um, didn't want to do it with anybody and okay. I didn't ask anybody. I didn't know anybody else who rode. Okay. Um, my husband is super supportive and I'm very lucky that he was like, sure. <laughs> and all my friends were like, what? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> uh, but... I did not nearly have the kind of equipment that one would want for a bikepacking experience. Uh, I think to some extent it worked well that I didn't know what I was getting into. Okay. But I'm kind of surprised that I got back on the bike. Re- okay. Yeah. I would imagine that being like the first, one of the first big rides like that would be that would be amazing to have that be like a ride that you go out and do on the yeah. Blue Ridge Parkway and I didn't do much camping before then like I bought a tent for it I know <laughs> okay all right yeah um but you made it and you've since been back to the Blue Ridge Parkway yeah. okay that's that's okay you made it that's that's definitely different than the others because everyone else was I think it was like an event they knew someone, they were getting healthy, not they read it in a book and decided to go out and go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that got you out, uh, you know, to, to riding around, you do the Blue Ridge Parkway. So like, what was the, what was the next thing? Like, did you like, what was next after you did the Blue Ridge Parkway? I started having back problems with this okay. bike that was way too big for me. Okay, sure. I ended up going to Carytown Bikes and I bought a Salsa Valla okay. steel touring specific bike because okay. I wanted to keep, keep touring. Okay. I bought some like nicer panniers, um, some nicer camping equipment. Mm-hmm. I brought a, uh, I bought a um, sleeping pad. Okay. I didn't realize that it keeps you warm. Ah, yeah. It was so very cold yeah. <laughs> on my first tour. Uh, and very uncomfortable. <laughs> I also bought a stove because I didn't have a stove for my first bike packing tour. I literally like went to Kroger and like bought a box of like cliff bars and like cultures of peanut butter and some crackers. And every single meal I ate like multiple cliff bars and like like peanut butter out of a spoon. <laughs> oh, you were roughing it. Yeah, I was like super new. Like I didn't wow. know what I was doing. Okay. Um, so I bought a salsa via. Yeah. I was doing some more tours. I did the CNO Canal, um, really enjoyed that. And I was doing a lot of riding just by myself. Okay. And my dad, my dad is a cyclist. Okay. And he was concerned for my safety. He, he said, you know, you're always doing all these things by yourself. Um, you should go and ride with other people or at least try it out. Yeah. And I thought it wasn't for me. I thought the people doing group rides with their their tight team kit, like, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> uh, okay. But I was working in Prince George at the time okay. and figured, okay, I'll do a Google search and see what's out there. Um, and Rabba at the time was doing group rides mm-hmm. from Prince George mm. Courthouse um, with some guys. And I would show up every week with my steel bike the racks still on them okay. for touring so like <laughs> even my front bag yeah <laughs> like two on. and a half inch tires i rolled up every week and they're like who is this chick 
slow them down. Yeah. Um, they were were they welcoming? Do you think? They yeah, okay. they were. So, knowing what I know now, they were so nice <laughs> to me. I mean, they would pick fun at me. They would. Yeah. I had this front bag on the handlebars that looked like a lunchbox, and then I always make jokes that I didn't bring them beer <laughs> in my lunchbox. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you start doing some some group rides. Um, did you feel like that was like? this seems good. It seems cool. Or did you still, were still like, I still want to ride on my own. Um, I still love writing by myself. Okay. I really do love writing by myself, but, uh, I didn't realize how much I would love writing with other people. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a challenge that I really enjoyed. I, I would go home. So beat though. Yeah. Oh man. A 25 mile ride on my mm-hmm. bike that probably with all the stuff I had on it weighed around 30 pounds. Okay. Trying to sit in a pace line, trying to do my own work. I, I mean, I would go home and my average heart rate would be like 180 and <laughs> my my entire body would just be shaky. I'd be covered in like a layer of salt from the sweat. Like it was so intense for me, uh, but I love that kind of thing. Okay. So it didn't discourage me at all. Awesome. Okay. All right. Um so you 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 weren't expecting you were, and I don't think anyone does expect that like they're going to enjoy group riding until they do, and then they meet people and that kind of thing. So, um, so you they don't ride out of Prince George County. They don't. Okay. No, uh, the group got smaller and smaller. Okay. And then it would be me and Jason and Stefan, uh, and I started a job in Richmond. Mm-hmm. But I think even before that, the group just dwindled so much. Yeah. Um, they weren't maintaining it. Uh, Jason went back to running. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> 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 that seems to happen. People going to running or coming from running. Um, okay, so um, you got into the group riding. When was this? What year was this? When was, okay. This was... <clears throat> When did the Blue Ridge Parkway happen, and then when did the those those prints? All of this was 2016. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, okay, that's pretty good progression. Um, all right. So, um, so the group kind of dwindled a bit. Over mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, were you able to? Did you just like find other rides? Like, what was the next like group ride you started showing up at regularly? Because that ride wasn't going on, I would rush home and do the Laurel Park ride. Mm, mm-hmm. BDR, yeah. BDR. It's a good ride. Um, okay. Um, so that got you into group riding. Mm-hmm. Um, when, so you were enjoying it. When did you start like wanting to push yourself and go faster kind of thing? Were you just like doing the group rides and just like, I'm just trying to maintain with the group? Did you ever think like, I want to average 21 for this ride. I want to average 20 for this ride. Like when did did that ever happen? It did surprise me when I started averaging higher uh, late 2016. Mm -hmm. I got probably Christmas of 2016. So a full year after I decided, okay, I want to ride a bike. I got a road bike. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, That was incredible. The difference and then I would do group rides, and I have a tendency to want to like spice things up a little bit. <laughs> and I don't always 
but uh, sometimes I do, maybe. But other times I see somebody go and I can't, I can't not. Right. Yeah, right. I have to go. Yeah. And that's, I want to respect the ride. So I, <laughs> I, I don't want that to, I don't want to go to a group ride mm-hmm. and disrespect the pace. So I, I was searching for something yeah. that would be a little more appropriate for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So you would attack on the coffee rides, it sounds like. I mean, I would respond to an attack on a coffee ride. Okay. okay. Um, okay. So you were, this is, um, in 2016, you start realizing you're, you're picking up speed. You got a nice road bike. Mm-hmm. In that year. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, I know you've done some racing. When did that, when did you go from like, I'm still doing group rides I'm moving faster you know, I'm attacking every so often to, I'm going to race. Like when, when did that, like how did the progression go into like actually racing? I can't remember why I chose duathlon, but I started with duathlon. I was listening to a lot of cycling podcasts, so okay. it might've come up and I was like, that's weird. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I want to do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hate running, so I don't, that didn't work out very well. Uh, How many did you do? I want to say I did two. Okay. I did one in North Carolina. I did one in Virginia. Okay. And I I am such a slow runner. I mean, it took me years to get to a sub 60 minute 10K. Okay. Uh, I just don't have the, the stride for it. Okay. And I'm very much a... I'm a slow walker. I'm mm-hmm. more of like, I would rather go lift weights than go for a jog. Okay. I, I don't have the, I I'm probably could train very specifically for that, yeah. but it would remove a lot of other things that I, I would have to wholly focus on it to yeah. be better at it. It doesn't come naturally to me at all. Okay. Um, so was not good at that whatsoever. <laughs> and, uh, then I was like, okay, well, why don't I take out one of the runs, and do a triathlon? <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't know how to swim, so I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be better or worse. So, but I have to do it. So I started taking swim lessons at the Y. Okay. Uh, my mom was a swimmer, like okay. very like collegiate swimmer, like okay. state champion. She was amazing. Okay. Uh, so I knew how to tread water. Right. I don't want to like disown my mom. Like, but, uh, it was like a very okay. bad doggy paddle across the pool. Okay. Um, so I learned how to like do a stroke. Okay. Um, and I signed up for a sprint triathlon that I believe endorphin fitness was putting on okay. the following. Sub- I mean, I trained almost a year for this triathlon. Okay. Uh, what was the sprint triathlon or? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I never understand why in a sprint triathlon, the run feels like the longest part of it. This the bike, it doesn't even take that long. Right. And it's probably it's not that difficult. Yeah. In terms of the amount of stress it puts on your body. The the run or the bike. The bike. The, the bike. Yeah. But it's it's not that long. Like comparatively, I feel like the distance is so short on the bike compared to the run. But anyway, I did this triathlon. I was literally the last person out of the water. The, the, like, the boats were waiting on me. <laughs> but you got out of the water. I got out of the water. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. I was like, I made it. I made it to, from one end, from this, like, 
lake to the other end of this lake. And then I got out, got on the bike, and actually had a pretty competitive bike. Okay. And then I'm just like such a mediocre poor slash poor runner. Um, but then when I was looking at my numbers at the end, mm-hmm. you know, last one in the swim, very middle pack on the run, and but it beat most almost everybody on the bike. And I was okay. like, nice. nice. There's something to the bike here. Yeah. I need to stick with the bike. And then that's when I switched fully to bike racing. I was like, okay. I don't want to mess with all this other stuff anymore. Okay. Um, did you prepare for your first bike race? Or did you just show No. Up? Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how to prepare. Um Carrie Town was doing I can't remember what the year this was. It might have been maybe it was two thousand eighteen at this point. Okay. <clears throat> and they had a snow cone race, which was like February. Okay. Um it's a training race. Okay. Kind of like Bryan Park, mm-hmm. but before the road season begins. Okay. I showed up. Um, they gave me a number. I didn't know what to do with the number. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Why are you giving me this number? I don't know what to do. Uh, so I thought I put it on right. I did not put this number on right. No, oh it was like okay. upside down and backwards. I think I like put it on like standing you're looking at it okay on the wrong oh the oh right right they want you on the right side um not good okay so you're doing things in cycling did you had you met people in that also rode that you mentioned if you were going to do some of these things like did anyone say like maybe you should try this or that or you were just still doing solo and just impulsively Uh, making these decisions (laughs) I probably was not asking people. I probably could have. I think at that point, I knew enough people who rode bikes and might have raced before then Mm -hmm. that I could have sat down and asked for advice. I'm not sure I really cared how I did. Okay. So it didn't matter to me. Okay. And I didn't, it wouldn't have. Yeah. In my mind at the time, maybe I thought it wouldn't have changed my experience because I just wanted to experience it. Just wanted to be in the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how did the race go? I I have no idea. It was terrible. I mean, okay. I got dropped on the. There's a U-turn on that course. Okay. Pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't, not fond of U-turns in a, on a bike. Um, and my fitness was not that good. Okay. There, I, I don't know if there were any other women that day. Okay. So it was me and everybody who's excited for the road race season to start. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to participate. Yeah. You weren't aiming to like, I'm going to crush everything. It's just, no, I wanted to no. participate. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, and you say that's about 2018. You did the snow cone race. Um, okay. So do you keep racing? Like, what's what's the progression? Or do you just like, well, of course you kept racing. Yes. That's when... That winter was the winter where Rabba was sending out an email... And I got the email that said, there's a discount code if you want to go to Sweet Spot Cycling, if you're a RABA member. I was like, ooh, Uh, discount. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I definitely went immediately to the website and put in the RABA discount and got uh, my slot at Sweet Spot Studio Mm -hmm. so I could do a workout. Um, Because I I wasn't, the first class I did, I think there was like ice on the road or something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I didn't have a trainer. I didn't have okay. any kind of setup like that. Okay. So it was perfect. I went in. Aaron uh, Whitwer, the Sweet Spot mm-hmm. studio owner, uh, immediately asks you questions about, like, what kind of writer are you? Mm-hmm. So that she can put in information so that the workout was specific to your fitness ability. Okay. Do, have you done this before? No, uh, no, but I, I have been to the I've been to the studio before, and of course I, I know who Aaron is. So yeah, yeah. No. it's very much like if Zwift did it by percentage of your FTP. If every mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. does Zwift do like group workouts where they do it based on percentage of FTP? Yes. Yeah, so um, yeah. So the workouts, if you put your FTP, well, you have to have your FTP mm-hmm. in there. It will adjust the wattage that you need to put out based on what your FTP is. So yeah. yeah. So it's exactly like that okay. in the studio. So everybody would have their FTP in the computer and mm-hmm. we all do the same workout. Okay. Nice. So I was answering these questions. I had never done an FTP test. I didn't yeah. know what Watts were. Um, so she's asking me questions and I just am going off of mileage. Mm-hmm. And then we start the workout and she sits next to me on the bike yeah. and she keeps pushing the little plus button. I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's going on? You need to raise bikes. So I was like, okay. Um, and so I did the Carrytown one and then she was like, you did the Carrytown race and didn't tell me? I said, yeah. She said, we need to, we need to talk. <laughs> so um, we, we talked a little more. Yeah. Uh, I did some rides with the team. I joined the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I plan to do a few of the road races that Virginia Cycling put on mm-hmm. that yeah. spring yeah. and summer. I can't remember what my first one was, but I know I did a couple of crits, Okay. one road race, and then I did the Bryan Park series that year. Okay. Okay. Now, so, so then you got into races. Were you... Did you push your? I mean, clearly, I guess you assume you push yourself. You showed mm-hmm. up for those races and you you went in with trying to get a good place. It wasn't just. It was no longer just. I just want to be in the race at that point. Oh yeah! As soon as I know what a knew what a race was like, when that whistle go, I mean, yeah. I can't decide to have a chill race. Okay. It's that's it. Like it's all in that okay. whistle. Like I'm racing my bike. Yeah. Okay. I. The, I I am definitely the kind of racer that would rather have an exciting, attacky race than sit in and be efficient and make smart moves and maybe win. (laughs) So in that way, like I wasn't necessarily like, I want to win this race. I was more like, I want to race my bike. Yeah. So just like going, going for every move, doing like things that were not smart racing Mm-hmm. But were fun for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm glad that you got to enjoy the racing. Whether it was the most efficient technique or not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, so when you showed up for the, you hadn't done any kind of indoor riding. And you show up to, I can't remember, was it, I don't know if it's Compu Trainer she had in there or not. Yeah. Um, how did it feel like doing the, this, the, the spin class with, or doing the training indoors with other people, like, did that feel out of place? Was just like, I can get it. Like, did you just easily transition into training, doing actual, like, workouts and structured? Because that's not impulsive once you start training. Yeah, I did well in the studio. Okay. And kept going to the studio. Okay. A little bit after that, a friend of mine who was, she used to do triathlon. Mm-hmm. 
and she wasn't doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to train, mm-hmm. but she had a old um, trainer. Okay. And she just gave it to me. Nice. It's not a smart trainer. It's a wheel off though. Okay. It's an old Le Mans. Oh, I don't even know that brand. Uh, okay. So what I was able to do is just take a cassette off one of my bike wheels and put that on mm-hmm. so that I could do the wheel on uh, and have the shifting work with yep. whatever bike I put on the trainer. Um, and I tried a few times to do a workout on my own, yeah. but I didn't have anything to go off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. was not motivated and I didn't have a power meter. Oh, right. Yeah. So, and so because know. it wasn't a smart trainer, you're, you're just spinning your right. legs. You're, you're not able to see no speed. Resistance. You're not able to, yeah. it's just perceived effort. Yeah. And by yourself going off of just perceived effort is, it's just a joke for me. Yeah. It, it didn't do anything for me. So I really struggled with that and didn't do that at all. Okay. Um, but you can stick to being in the class mm-hmm. with others. Okay. All right. Um, do you have a smart trainer now? I have the same trainer. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, can are you? Do you still find it as a, a struggle to ride on this? No. Trainer? Oh, really? Okay. So now you're you can do it. You yeah. Okay. I have I have power pedals. Okay. So what I do is I keep my steel bike on the trainer because mm-hmm. I have the cassette for that sure. on there, and um, I don't have to worry about putting the bike on there because it's a wheel off. I would worry about a carbon bike on on there, there doing sprints, about that, sprints yeah. on the trainer. So, yeah. <laughs> so I have this also on there. And what I do is I take my power pedals and swap them to whatever bike I'm using. Mm-hmm. So if I know I'm going to ride the trainer, I put the pedals on there. And then I do attach like my Garmin head unit. And Aaron is... Aaron coaches me okay. and sends me workouts, sends me like makes workouts for me. And I nice. put them on my Garmin. Okay. So I'm doing the workout and have a specific number I need to get to. And for that, that for me, that's very motivating. Okay. So just, okay. Just having the numbers there. Okay. Is enough. Okay. Um, what kind of power meter pedals do you have? I have the Varia or the Garmin, Garmin Vector. Gar- um, Vector. Vector. Do they have the, the two with the little pod hanging off of them or the three? So you go all the way up to the three. Uh, three and it's one side. Okay. All right. Yep. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, just curious. I use the um, Asiamo Duo pedals. Favaro, Favaro, Asiamo Duo pedals. Duo is because it's two sided. Uno would be the one side. Uh huh. Um, and I would also swap them out from the indoor bike, from the outdoor bike to the indoor bike because power meter pedals. Yeah. Um, so convenient. They were great. They were great. Yeah. Um, but no longer. Kicker bike takes care of all that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Fancy, <laughs> fancy toy. Um, you know, leading enough Zwift rides. Um, so okay, the training happened. Um, are you still you were you still doing group rides though? Right, you're still occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, when you started and you got on the the park like the parkway, or when you were you read this book in the cabin, like, did you think that like things would progress and you would be racing there's no way yeah yeah there's no way um you're still bikepacking absolutely okay i love bikepacking what's something you take with you now like what's something you would have like 
wanting to tell yourself, like doing that first bike packing trip, like that you you regularly do now, like some something you'd want to pass on to yourself, like for that first backpacking trip. Oh, there's so many things. There are so many things that I would have told myself to add to that list. <laughs> I the stove. Right. Yep. So by the third day, we. I say we, I was by myself, but I got to the part of the parkway before Asheville that's near Mount Mitchell. Okay. And they close the parkway when the weather is bad or if yeah. the, like the roads are icy. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. I also didn't know that there's a very convenient app website that tells you what sections of the parkway are closed. So I get there and it's closed and I'm like, oh, I don't have like any route situation. I don't know what to do. And this car comes up. On the parkway, they're touring like mm-hmm. just each of the uh, pullouts. Yeah. To do like look and take pictures, pictures and, stuff, and yeah. then drive back down. Yeah. They get out. They see that I'm having like a panic attack. Their instinct is to offer me food because mm-hmm. they see I've been camping. Yeah. They offer me a Cliff Bar. <laughs> I like literally just like look at them and like that is the last thing I ever want to eat again in my life. Do not like. It was very hard for me to politely say, no, thank you. <laughs> I do not want that so far. Uh, so definitely a stove um, okay. or like more of a variety. Um, and then I, the, the sleeping pad is key. Yeah. I brought a towel. <laughs> it was just like not enough. And then I was also doing this thing where I just roll up my dirty laundry and use it as a pillow. I like my pillow now. Yeah. I have like a little inflatable pillow. It's okay. not. It doesn't take up that much space. It's not that heavy. It's so much nicer than dirty clothes. And then <laughs> I would say there's there's so many things in that list that I mm-hmm. just... I've gone... Even the stuff that I had then over the course of time, I've gotten lighter versions of a lot of okay. the gear. Yeah. Yeah. But Always. I wouldn't say that that's something I should have had okay. originally. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Hopefully everyone kind of upgrades. Stuff works and they figure out they can get a better version right. of once they figure out right. this is a committed, you know, they're committed to this mm-hmm. insanity of cycling everywhere. Um, what are your snacks? Like, what do you take? Because clearly cliff bars, are they still in the... You know, I, I'm okay with eating them now, but it really depends on what I'm doing. Okay. So I have very different kinds of eating for different kinds of riding if i'm on a bike tour yeah i'll eat anything because i just need to get as many calories as calories, possible sure. um i like to sit down and eat a meal somewhere mm-hmm. um the longer the ride the more junk food it involves normally <laughs> right you show up at a rest stop yeah. after 60 miles and like Take it's been seven hours yeah. like i'm eating a bunch of junk food yeah um but if it's a longer ride but not bikepacking. Mm-hmm. I might eat some more solid food or like a banana or a cliff bar in addition to mm-hmm. some gels. Okay. And then I really like stroop waffles. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing a workout, it's just really easily digestible foods like gels or blocks. Okay. All right. Um, are you getting the honey stinger stroop waffles or are you getting some other brand? No, I just get like, the so German truffles. What's your junk food of choice if you're out there? You go to a convenience store. Like, what's the thing you look for? Uh, strawberry pop tart. Really? Oh yeah. 
That's a solid choice. That's a solid a dry choice, but it's a solid choice. Yeah, I, I mean, the crumbly foods are mm-hmm. not amazing while yeah. you're like riding. Yeah. But if you're going to stop for a minute sure. and eat something, the yeah. crumbles yeah. aren't as big of a deal. Both Pop-Tarts? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. You take them with you. Both. Um, yeah, the, I, uh, I would do the uh, the Hunnestinger Stroop waffles, um, which are amazingly delicious. Um, the different flavors they have in there, um, which almost seems impractical because I, you know, but um, they would crumble so much that I couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't do them while riding and pull them out and open like so they have to. I would only eat them when stopped because mm-hmm. um, who wants crumbs in the back pocket which stay in there when you get washed and that kind of thing. Um, do you uh, you have a Garmin by computer? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you look at your, like, so you've done your rides. Do you look at your ride data after? Do you, like, are you critical of your ride data? Do you, like, what's your, your relationship with, like, tracking your ride data? Or maybe not. Maybe not. I track my data with my workouts. Okay. So I love workouts. Okay. I look at all the workouts I have planned for the week okay. and, like, get psyched for certain ones and mm-hmm. prepare mentally for other ones. Okay. Um, and then... Once I finish a workout, I want to know, like, did I, did I hit that workout? Okay. Did I do a good job? So yeah. To what extent that's healthy? Yeah. I analyze my workout data, but that's it. I don't really do that with anything else. That's not unhealthy. I mean, it could could get unhealthy. Clearly you need to go too far, but like, cause you have the data. Why not look at it and see if you hit the, if you hit the marks that were kind of set like that, that seems fine. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm justifying your addiction. Um, uh, do you take your bike with you on your vacations? Yes. Okay. How does your how's your significant other feel about you taking the bikes? Uh, we usually take. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not an avid rider, okay. um, John. But he will ride with me if I choose a path okay. that's in a city. So we when we went to new england okay over the summer for example we stayed in boston for a little bit and i found the emerald necklace trail okay. which goes through some of the parks and we did that together and that was really fun nice. um or find a, a bike path or a trail he'll do that with me okay uh he does a little more zwift okay just to work out and he doesn't like being on the road mm-hmm. um but in general doesn't really cycle okay um i will bring it so that i can do a couple of rides with him and mm-hmm. then depending on what bike i bring yeah if i have like the road bike i'll find like a group ride that's okay. happening out of a shop okay um or if i have my gravel bike i'll go on various uh shop websites and mm-hmm. map my ride and garmin and find out some routes nice okay. and just save them Okay. And go on them on my own just early in the morning. Okay. Um, uh, what's your gravel bike? What brand is it? I have an Orbea Terra. Okay. And then I have my cross bike. Okay. Which is, uh, this is my new bike. This is my new baby. This is an Irish. I've not heard of that brand. Okay. Uh, so it's out of a guy in North Carolina. Okay. Irish bikes. Um one of my teammates, Sharon, mm-hmm. uh, su- supports him, okay. and I like supporting local. And he makes 
the bikes. Um, mm-hmm. So I get like to customize it and I love doing that. So nice. Okay. It's very cross specific. Okay. And I knew that if I was going to buy another bike after my gravel bike, yeah, I wanted it to be very, very cross specific. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that can make it. So how many cross races have you done? I don't know. This is my, this is the end of my third season. Okay. Um, two questions of preferences. Um, do you have a type of race that you prefer over others? Cause you've done cross and you've done like road races. Like, is there a preference? Like you love the road races and the cross. You just like, you like them. Like, is there a difference? Oh yes. Okay. There's a very big difference. So road races are boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Crits are uh, exciting, but make me nervous. Sure. Yeah. I see that. And I love everything about cyclocross. Really? Absolutely. That is my jam. I love it very much. So I definitely consider myself a cyclocross racer. Okay. I do the other things just to mix it up. I love racing with my team. Okay. So if I had a teammate that was like, I really want to do this road race, I'd be like, ugh. Okay, because <laughs> I want to race with you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. Um, so does that also apply with um, your bikes you ride between the gravel, the cycle cross, and the road bike? Is the preference you like doing the, the cycle? Well, I guess, yeah, it's a different kind of ride. Um, so I guess you prefer the cycle cross ride yeah. because of cycle cross. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I would even rather be on my cross bike for a group ride. Okay. Like okay. I want to, I want a group ride that's just gonna like go on an adventure. And how many people are like up for that? Because okay. every time that happens to me on a road group ride, and yeah. like something unexpected happens, yeah. people are like, "What is happening right now? This yeah. is not the ride that was planned." Yeah. <laughs> There's at yeah. least one or two people who are very like thrown off, and yeah. I'm like, "This is so much fun." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I you've got to get home. You've got to, you've got other stuff that you were planning to do thirty miles. You're not trying to go and do 50 miles now you know Mm, yeah um uh do you try to get the route ahead of time or you just like you just follow the group like before you show up a group ride are you the type i need to have the route ahead of time i like having the route okay depending on the ride i i like going to a ride and doing an equal amount of work Mm -hmm. i would rather be dropped than try to hang on okay okay so i always have the route for that reason and then if we're going to be in the woods, I think it's just smart to... No, you're... Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I definitely prefer to have the route. Or it needs to be a route that I I know very well. Like, we're going up to Ashland and we're coming mm-hmm. back. And, and yeah. I know those roads kind of thing. Um, do you have an area of, around Richmond that you really like to ride? I mean, because we... Um, I would rather ride... Uh, drive to a ride and do something different and exciting. Okay. But that's not practical all the time. Yeah. So it's time. if it's um, a weekday, mm-hmm. um, I just pick something that works for my workout. Okay. So <laughs> if I have this kind of workout, I'm going to this area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you able to like easily get your work fit your workouts into outdoor road rides? Or you find Most it? of the time, okay. sometimes I look at the workout and I say, this would be better for a trainer. I'm okay. I just do it on the trainer. Okay. I would think they would all be better for the trainer. 
mostly? Uh, not sprints. Okay. Especially because I'm uh, still working on my posture and like the yeah, yeah. the way that you attack and the way you put your body. It's not the same with a trainer, yeah. And the way that you feel, mm-hmm. the kind of give, yeah. The way you hold the handlebars, um, getting used to being in my drops, all okay. of those are things that you can't simulate indoors. Yeah. Well. Okay. All right. And I would not know anything about that as I am in almost mostly an indoor rider at this point in time. Um, okay. Um, so we made it through almost all of 2021 and we survived 2020, um, and the pandemic. Um, how did, um, the pandemic like affect your, your cycle or did it have any kind of impact on the, your training or group rides or, um, like, was there any kind of impact from, from like March 2020 and, and all that fell after? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't feel comfortable being out on the road for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Getting COVID was terrifying terrifying for me. And then even the idea of getting hurt and having to go to the doctor. I was like, I don't want to go outside. So I joined Zwift. Okay. Um, some of my teammates are were already doing a lot of Zwift. Mm-hmm. Um, even race Zwift. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'll do that. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And at first there were things I really enjoyed about it. It was motivating, especially when I was doing all my miles indoors for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, doing seven, 800 miles a month on a trainer was a lot. Yeah. So... Zwift was nice in that way and helped me feel like I was still a part of a community. Mm-hmm. Once I realized that people on smart trainers have a different experience on Zwift than mm-hmm. I was having, it frustrated me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then I, I was really lucky in that. So the Orbea Terra that I have, my gravel bike, yeah. I ordered that in November 2018. I got it in February of 2020. That's a, what, a four month wait? Well, I was custom. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Plus, right. um, it was hung up in Portugal for a little while, I think because of COVID in oh, January. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. yeah. yeah. Part, so part of the delay was because of COVID. Okay. And I was lucky to have gotten it really like, right in February. Yeah. Um, did a little bit with it did monster cross with it and then during lockdown i mm-hmm. would pick one day a week and mm-hmm. i found the charlottesville gravel list okay which is a really nice list okay their website is really good uh charlottesville racing club or i don't even know if they call it a racing club but the charlottesville bike club has a list of gravel routes and they have maps and they have gpx routes and so I went down and did every single one on the list. <laughs> every weekend I would go out and do another one. Yeah. yeah. That was another change for me. Mm-hmm. So I did gravel riding, a lot of solo riding. Um, and then that, I mean, I didn't have a cross season, so okay. that was really it. It was just solo riding, gravel riding solo. pretty much okay. all year. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
You had a gravel bike. So wait, you had a, you had uh, your touring bike, right? Mm-hmm. Your touring bike. Um, you got a nice road bike. Mm-hmm. Um, then the cyclocross bike. Yes, that's like only a few months old. Like at the beginning of this season. Oh, the, the, oh, the cyclocross one. Is the, mm-hmm. the okay. Yeah. So you got the nice road bike and then the gravel bike. Yes. Okay. Um, did you know what you wanted to do with the gravel bike? Like, were you, did you know you were going to do off-road stuff? Like, I thought originally that the gravel bike would be able to be a bike that I could use for trying out gravel and doing cyclocross. Okay. Because I was borrowing Sharon, my teammate's cross bike. Okay. For but, the, oh, okay. So okay. I needed to buy my own, own bike. And I was like, well, I'll buy a gravel bike and I'll use it for both. Okay. I got the gravel bike. I realized how different gravel mm-hmm. and cross are. Okay. And I said, I love gravel riding mm-hmm. and racing, but this is not a cross bike. Okay. They're mm-hmm. very, you wouldn't expect them to be, or at least I didn't expect yeah. them to be so different. But riding both of those things and riding both of those kinds of terrain made me realize these are different things and need different bikes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's that's why they exist because there's some some variants in there. Yeah, the geometry, I believe. Yeah, um, the geometry, even the um, the cross bike is more responsive to something. If I need to make like a tight turn, or okay. if I want to like make a quick move, okay, um, it feels better lifting it when I have to dismount and then go over an obstacle. Okay, versus my gravel bike feels much more stable. Okay. And more comfortable, okay. But it's kind of uh, uh, more awkward okay. to, to carry go and to, to move around. To, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I would not. Um, hopefully, I will get to. Ex- I'm hoping to get a gravel bike soon. What are you looking at? Um, I'm a bit torn because um, availability affects what I might purchase. Um, yeah. Originally. I thought I'd get the Canyon Grizzle, which has, it's a, a newer bike by Canyon, um, but it has bigger tires. It's like 45 millimeter tires on there. Um, and, uh, but it's got mounts on it. It's got, it's got mounting. Um, I don't actually know. Um, it's got the, uh, lots of mounts on it and I've already got my other bike is a Canyon. So, um, and they have a good bang for the buck for their, their pricing for their stuff. Um, but it's out of stock. Mm-hmm. until January, February-ish. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have concerns about how wide the tires are because they're 45 millimeters, whereas I know some gravel bikes are like 30, 35 kind of thing. So I make it a Trek checkpoint. Yeah, 5, SL5, whenever they come in stock. But everything is just out of stock. So yeah. like, it may just be whatever comes available, um, and then that's the, the thing that I end up going with. Um. So yeah, that's that's the hope. Are you going to just do gravel, or are you thinking about bike packing too? Um, I want to get a bike that would allow me to do some. I'm gonna say allowed to do. Are bike they packing. carbon? It would be carbon. Both of them. Uh, yes, the ones I've looked at are carbon so far. So one thing that I've realized with my Orbea Terra, which I'm doing bike packing on now, okay. is that the carbon fork is more limiting in terms of the kinds of weight setup you can do. Okay. So something to consider if you don't have, if you have a carbon fork, the recommendation is, is that you don't put a lot of weight on it. Okay. 
also you would want to look at the bolt mounting options so Mm -hmm. some bikes will have bolts on the fork Mm -hmm. so that you can add a rack or add um like a fork bag okay yeah yeah if you have a carbon fork with no bolt mount Mm -hmm. options you can't do that that's uh something i encountered when i was trying to shift all my i tried to transition from my salsa via to my orbea terra thinking i would be able to use a lot of the gear that i already had yeah no (laughs) okay so bought a lot of new things because of that okay um it made me have to be a little more creative with where i put um bags and racks i figured out something that works okay for me but if i if i wanted more flexibility i probably would have looked at fork okay and like bolt or or like did some googling in terms of looking at blogs of bike packers with that particular bike there's a lot of blogs that will highlight uh like transamerican races mm-hmm. or okay. um races can't remember the name of the one that goes from canada down to like new mexico oh i don't know or texas either. yeah there's one that goes north south like that okay. and then um just looking at for each year the racers how they're highlighting like each racer's bike okay even if you're not going to race, oh, looking right. at their setup. Right. So the people who have this bike, what is their setup? Yeah. The people okay. who have this canyon, what is their setup? Okay. To see what kind of options there are if you ever want to bike pack. <laughs> uh, because I didn't think that I'd be bike packing on the Orbea Terra. But now that I am, I realize like it's probably not the most ideal bike for that. Okay. This canyon grizzle. Um, just a double check. It does have fork mounts. Okay. It does have fork mounts. It's got a top tube mount. Um, and I think it's got another mount. It's got like a, um, it's got like some fittings for mud flaps. That's mm. custom mud flap fitting, but it does have fork mounts, which is, um, while I have like limited to no knowledge of bike packing, I was thinking of, I'd rather get a bike that has the mounts already there as opposed to, yeah. um, having to retrofit something. But I don't know how deep I will get into that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I like the idea of getting a gravel bike, even if I just do gravel rides. It's just I go out and go for a mm-hmm. day. Um, but I like the idea of bike packing. Um, but it's a world I have no knowledge of. Um, so I may go read some books or talk to some people. I'm sure as I talk to more people doing this podcast, there will be other people talk about bike packing. Um, for someone who's interested in bike packing, what tips do you have? Like if someone says like, I think I'm interested in bikepacking, like what would you share? Cause clearly I would be listening. So. <laughs> um, my tips would be to read. Okay. Read some blogs, read some memoirs, and then think about what kind of experience you want. Do you want something on the road? Okay. Like the parkway? Mm-hmm. Or do you want something that, is more flexible and flat and chill, which okay. would be the CNO Canal. Okay. That's a great one for beginner bike bikepacking. Okay. I still love the CNO Canal, but it's so easy to plan a trip because there's free camping every five miles or so and the terrain is so flat that it doesn't really matter if you have 
too much weight. Okay. So some people, their first trip, they have way too little stuff. Some people on their first trip, they have way way too too much much. stuff. But really, it kind of, when the terrain is flat, once you get rolling and you have some momentum, all that stuff is just going to move with you. So it's not a big deal versus if you start on the parkway because you want a road experience. Yeah. You got to carry all that stuff up a mountain. (laughs) Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Rewarding. It's really hard. I don't think I would, I would not make that the, the first go. I would not make my bikepacking trip um, up mounts. I would make it the easiest terrain possible and then figure out, do I really want to do this? I think I would be very happy with a gravel bike, but the bikepacking, there's a chance I'm just like, nope, I don't want to camp at yeah. all. So, um, Well, I, a lot of people do bikepacking and call it bikepacking and stay at Airbnbs. Or, um, the, I mean, to Surrey and back and staying at Chipokes, going mm-hmm. from Rich, starting in Richmond, mm-hmm. staying Chipokes and going back is a great test ride because it's only two days, you know, you can make it, it's yeah. a big deal. Um, or even I did one this summer where I did the Greenbrier River Trail okay. and started in one end on the north side, which is near like winter, no, uh, snowshoe. Okay. And then went south and then stayed at a hotel mm-hmm. and then went back up the next day. And I mean, like maybe that's bikepacking. <laughs> I don't know. I, I brought I mean, a bag with me. <laughs> you had a bag. It had stuff in it. I think that might count as bikepacking. That's bikepacking line. It's not bike camping. Yeah, it's not bike camping. That's <laughs> different. Um, I think that's possibly at some point. As much as I've done the trail to gone all the way down to Williamsburg, at some point I'm going to stay in Williamsburg and just go ride down, stay there for the weekend or something, and come back. Um, I keep talking about doing it, but then I just, I'm just going to do the whole thing and just come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'll be likely how that plays out at first is that I've never ridden somewhere, stayed the night and then came back. There was a plan, um, for a group of us, um, to ride to Virginia beach. We're going to ride to Virginia beach from Richmond and stay for the weekend and then ride back. Mm-hmm. We're going to go down, I think on a friday morning and come back on the sunday um but every we're gonna do it in april which is, i don't think is a great time because it ends up like there's always thunderstorms or bad weather or something like that so every year we've just we've not done it one year we were gonna go one year we were gonna go and it was just it was like a hurricane or something like that and it was it was really windy and we we like had our bags packed somebody's kid was gonna take our luggage down for us oh wow um we like start messaging each other at like 4 a.m. And like, do we really want to do this? Like we knew it was going to be bad. And then we go over to our friend's house who lives over um, near Rockets in the morning. It's like 5 a.m. And we're like, guys, do we really want to do this? And um, Josh, you know Josh Silverman? Mm-hmm. Josh, um, I think Josh says, I, well, what's the weather like in Kitty Hawk? And so we look at the weather in Kitty Hawk and... We're like, yeah, we'll just do that. So we, we drive down to, to Kitty Hawk and then we go route, road around there. Um, and it was great. We did like 50 miles down there because we still had a house we rented in Virginia Beach. Okay. So it was just, we didn't feel it was a wise idea to do the 120 some miles in the wind and rain. Went to Virginia Beach, went straight to Virginia Beach. I think we went to eat in Williamsburg first. We then went to Virginia Beach and then stayed there. Um, but not quite, not bike camping. We stayed at a nice house on the beach and then rode around to the century there and then came back to Williamsburg. We came back to Jamestown 
and there's a like a little trail that goes around a park or near the water near the Jamestown Settlement Center. Okay. Um, it was extremely windy, and I think we rode like five miles, and we said we're done. Like it was that windy. Oh wow. Because we were super committed about riding, but like we did a few miles, and we we're like, yeah, we're we're good. We're not riding in this. Anyway. So I'd like to do some 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 serious bike packing, but it seems to get thwarted every time mm-hmm. the idea comes up. Um, but hopefully the gravel bike will enable that or enable me more when that happens. So, um, but I will be looking for tips when that when that happens. Um, so someone who may be interested in riding, starting, like what's something you would want to like share with someone who's like just starting, like. I don't know that I am the best person for a new bike. <laughs> I don't know that because well, what, what I I am one. Share? Uh, Even I, if it's like go race, like whatever it is. I would say to have fun and not take it too seriously. Have a good sense of humor. Okay. Because the times where I did that, I had really good experiences. Whatever okay. happened. Yeah. I would probably stick with that and just hold back and let them have the experience on the bike that they want to have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, (laughs) um, jumping around here, you clearly didn't just learn how to ride a bike and then decide to go into Blues Parkway. So you knew how to ride a bike before that, right? Uh, I mean, just like, just pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your earliest memory of riding a bike? What are some of your one of your earliest memories of actually riding a bicycle? Um, uh, elementary school. I lived really close to the elementary school that I went to. Okay, I rode my bike to school. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, like all the time, or just like a yeah, few? really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. My parents were very hand, like hands off. Okay. I just rode my bike to school. I rode home or rode to a friend's house. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That's a, that's a first. I mean, I've, I've not actually known anyone who rode their bike to school. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't think... Not grade school. College, yes. Grade school, no. I've not known anyone. Middle school and high school, I lived too far away. Okay. So I didn't really ride my bike. But elementary school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lived down the street, so... Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Um... So riding to school, um, who taught you how to ride a bike? Uh, my parents. Okay. I don't really remember. I know there's a video somewhere. <laughs> They've got video evidence of I'm, sh- I'm sure there's a home video of me riding my bike. I saw it at one point, but I don't remember it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I like to ask those, those, those first biking experiences. I'm going to encounter someone who didn't ride until they were an adult, but most everyone yeah. so far is like they started when they were a kid. Um, uh, yeah. Um, what's something like, you have anything you just like to share in general about cycling? Cause people are going to hear this. It's going to be preserved forever. <laughs> anything about cycling? Anything. Oh gosh. I don't know. That's so broad. I mean, I it could is. like talk about so many bike things, but. Um, I mean, right now in this year, what's probably most exciting for me mm-hmm. is being on a women's team mm-hmm. and 
the experiences of just jumping into whatever crazy gravel or cross race. Yeah. Um, I love being on a team and would highly recommend it to anybody who yeah. is mm-hmm. interested in being a part of a community or racing. Yeah. Because there's so much good advice that you get from people around you compared to when I was just doing whatever. <laughs> I still definitely do whatever, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some of the more recent events that I've done. So like this year, like most savage race. Okay. So Grusk this year. Grusk? Like G-R-U-S-K. Grusk. Um, It's in West Virginia. They've been doing it for a while, but it's the gravel race up Spruce Knob. Oh, okay. Okay. And they have a variety of distances. So you can just do Spruce Knob. You can add on miles. So, of course, I found the longest distance, which is (laughs) uh, 213 miles, 20,000 feet of climbing. (laughs) Okay. And it was a bike packing route that they had added. And um I don't think that they had done the bike packing routes beforehand. Okay. Um but I think some of the organizers had done the pieces of the route that they made. Okay. Because it's an adventure centric yeah. place that they begin at. Okay. Uh that was insane. And that was a race. It was a race. I did not race that race. Okay. Okay. I survived that race. (laughs) (laughs) I, so you could choose how many days you wanted to do it in, but you had to choose ahead of time. So if you wanted to do it in three days then you start like three days before the last day. Okay. So that everybody's finishing on the same day. Okay, sure. If you right. want to do it in two days, you start two days before. Okay. Some people did it in one day. Some people did the 213 miles of gravel with 20,000 feet of climbing that under 24 hours. And I was like, I didn't even know this existed. Right, yeah. It just like blew my mind on every level. That's a lot. Um, But I did it in two days. And the first day, it rained for 50 miles. uh at the beginning so i got up at like 4 a.m and started and by 5 a.m it was just pouring and (laughs) i was carrying a lot of gear because i was gonna do like some minimalist camping yeah and the first day i wouldn't have any aid really okay there was maybe one there was going to be a spot that I didn't want to rely on, but I knew might have food okay. kind of situation. Um, <laughs> Not Cliff Bars. Because it wasn't the event day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the main day where people who were doing the Grusk event mm-hmm. would have aid stations. Okay. This was more at like the mercy of maybe a kind person who put mm-hmm. food out in front of their house along the course. Okay. Uh, so I was carrying a, a bit of food and water and some camping gear and I did 135 miles of gravel and single track and rain and the first day I mean yeah there were like the rocks just I like <laughs> there were so many rocks and <laughs> and I remember the event coordinator 
like part of this is part of this is all my fault. So I look at an event and I, when I see like a big red triangle where they're like, caution, <laughs> warning, I'm like, oh, that's totally an exaggeration. So people, so people don't like do something stupid. Uh, I was like, oh, it's probably not going to be a big deal. There's a little bit of single track. I do single track on my, my gravel bike. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Uh, and then like the rock situation, I was like, uh, it's fine. I'll ride on my 33s. It's totally fine. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I do all this on my 33 tires. I mean, that single track was like, I had to dismount and walk quite a bit of really? it. Um, plus it was raining. So it's like slippery rocks in yeah. the rain in the single. I mean, there were sections of the race where another one of these like big triangle, like warning signs yeah. <laughs> on you like the map route that i had downloaded i was like oh it's no big deal but they thank goodness i actually had the route on my garmin because the only way i knew i was like actually still on the route was mm-hmm. that i had the garmin okay. so i saw the line and just followed the line but i mean i would just be going through a giant field oh okay and i mean there was no indication that i was on a trail or anything Unless somebody had gone a little before me and I could see, see their here. bike track yeah, going through the grass. Um, but that, I mean, that's not because I was not prepared for that <laughs> <laughs> appropriately. Yeah. That's because I didn't think it would actually be like that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I made it the first day, 135. I mean, that's the most I've ever done. Um, plus gravel. Um, That's intense. And then that was 10,000 feet of climbing. I, at a bike shop that was a sponsor, mm-hmm. they let me sleep on the porch. So I had, I just brought my bivy. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to be ultra light for all this climbing. The bivy, I hate the bivy. I do not recommend the bivy. The bivy is just like a thing you just like slide into or something, right? It's more like an emergency situation. It's like a sleeping bag with a mosquito net over it, but it's not even like a sleeping bag. It's it's more like a thin layer of material. Okay. That's like a cocoon. Okay. But I hate I hate the bivy because the bivy does not really keep you warm. And I didn't bring a blanket. I brought like an emergency blanket, but the emergency blankets, if you've ever used no, an emergency, it's just like a thin, almost like aluminum foil. Material. I've seen them. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the issue with the bivy is that mosquitoes actually eat me through the bivy. <laughs> <laughs> so if, my, if the bivy is like touching my skin, yeah, the mosquitoes will like still... swarm and like eat through the bivy and like it's just miserable. So I kind of slept for a few hours <laughs> in the bivy on this porch. Like I was just laying on a porch. Yeah. And then woke up and I don't know how I finished that. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, it was in the middle of nowhere. And if I had had cell phone service or if a car had driven by and said, do you need a ride? I would say, yes, please take me <laughs> home right now. <laughs> oh my Sounds God. Intense. But um, uh, yeah, survived. But uh, did you do it in two or three? Two. Two. Would you do it again? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not going to say no, I'll never do that again. But 
I remember how that second day made me want to quit so much yeah. that I'm so proud of myself, but also like, you know what it's like. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you done any other extremely difficult rides that were like really difficult that maybe you question whether you do it again, or is like, or is that like the top of the list there? Uh, that was the most challenging thing I've ever done. Okay. Um, there, I don't know how many like crits I'll ever do again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like certain situations where I would definitely do one. Um, and then there's like rides and races that I prefer over others, but the, mm-hmm. there aren't any that I think to myself, I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, except uh, I hate to say it, maybe Thunder Ridge. Just because I'm not like a sustained climbing person and that wait. mountain really hurt. Oh, you, like so you I'm gonna I'm gonna it. hesitate wait for wait. that one. You have done it or you I have. have. Okay. I was in a very, very dark place. <laughs> 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 and uh Catherine can attest to this mm-hmm. and uh yeah. Jan can attest to this. I was like, don't talk to me <laughs> for like a solid ten miles. They were like, Don't talk to Jess. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was very well organized, but I don't know. I like, I don't know if yeah, I the, would choose the, to do that. The mountain is the, is the mountain, no matter what you bring or do with like mm-hmm. the mountain is still, still a mountain there. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a very aggressive road bike position mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't do a lot of Ooh. climbing on that bike. Mm-hmm. So the way that it worked, the muscles, if I had done a lot of climbing on the road bike, it wouldn't have hurt in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like I'd done a lot of climbing on my gravel bike. Okay. But yeah, that everybody's like, oh, but you'll this will be such an event for you and you've trained so much. It was such a different kind of Sustain, day for me. Yeah. It just reminded me that I can't do whatever just because I'm fit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't just go out and do whatever I want to do and not expect it to be really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Even doing it at you know at the speed you're expecting like still it's just difficult like it's just you're going up a mountain no matter no matter what um did you do the 75 the 100 i did the 100 okay oh okay you're good then. i i really enjoyed actually the part after the mountain like the rollers oh yeah then that's yeah that's that's fine that Afterwards, was really like, fun yeah, i enjoyed you, you just that. did a mountain like it's clear yeah yeah, <laughs> so it's, yeah i it's love rolling terrain it was wonderful um i remember um at one of the rest stops after the mountain, I think I was talking to one of the organize, one of the people there, one of the rest stops. And he was like, "Oh yeah, like there's a there's a steep hill here. It's like you cross some train tracks, and then like there's a steep hill." And I was like, "If it's, it's not a mountain, <laughs> Why are you it's, who cares?" Like, it's, and and it was it was slightly steep. You come up the uh-huh. the train, but like I knew it was going to end. Like it was no yeah. like a sustained. Like, oh my no god, the climb. fact that so I was halfway i didn't really know how long this climb was i was about halfway up okay. and then like henry turns to me and goes you're halfway there i, I almost <laughs> cried I, I like almost tears i was like don't talk to me right now like i almost cried because i didn't realize there was that much left <laughs> oh my god okay you really did just sign up he's like i'll just figure yeah. it out when you yeah when it- pretty much so that's a that's a way to do your events <laughs> The recommendation is to like look at the route, mm. right? Just a little. There's a trend that happens in my cycling life. <laughs> <laughs> just 
make I'll just figure it out when I get there. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, any states you'd like to ride in? Like, is there any events you've heard of that you'd like to still do here or anywhere? Um, I did so. I did a little bit of touring in Colorado okay. and would love to go back. I would like to ride more in California. That's mm-hmm. where my parents live. Nice. Um, I think that would be fun. And then I'd love to do more international travel. I did the Turissimo travel in Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they yeah. did with Sweet Spot. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Nice. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I haven't even put international on the list. Like I need to ride in a few more states before I'm like, I need to leave the country with the bike. Um, so you've ridden overnight. The question of like, what's the longest you've been in your, oh, do you go shopping in your kit? Like you finish a ride. Do you like go in the store? Do you like make sure you go home and change? Like, um, I am not going to go in a store with my kit on because usually I don't have need to okay. go to the store. Okay. And I would rather not. Okay. I, if I'm going to a brewery after a ride, mm-hmm. okay, sure. I'll sit in my kit for a little bit. It's also different at a brewery than if I go into a Kroger. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm less out of place. Yeah. Um, or I will go to a bike shop with my kit on. Clearly fine. That That's about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't mean like going to JCPenney to go buy yeah. <laughs> dress shirts or something like that. Like the the grocery store, I think, like emergency stuff, the grocery store, I think, is about as far as anybody should really be. Like I need to get groceries before I go home kind of thing. So thought I'd ask. Um, so. um, racing. Um, we talked about your snacks and your data. Um bike packing um no mountain biking no um doesn't appeal to me okay i've never had a situation where the invitation has opened up in a way that is convenient okay i don't have a mountain bike i do so i have done quite a bit of tame single track on my gravel and cross bike okay i like doing it for skill work sure okay got into a little bit of trouble with it every now and then <laughs> but uh yeah. mostly when i get cocky yeah like oh i could totally do this pump track <laughs> seems maybe like it might not. be often maybe not that fast uh but i don't want to buy another bike just to do single track on the mountain bike okay I also don't really love the mountain biking trails that are close by. Okay. If I'm going to drive to a place to ride my bike, yeah. I would rather do gravel. Okay. All right. All right. Um, you wear glasses. Do you also wear con- When you ride, do you wear contacts? Or do you, or your I, have per- I have prescription sunglasses. Really? Okay. Uh, who'd you get them from? Oakley. Really? Okay. Um. Well, that's interesting. That it's, so I wear contacts. Uh, my vision is not great at all. Um, which is also why I didn't try to do any mountain biking. 
Um, but I think about if I do bike packing, how does that work with the t- taking the contacts out at night? Because I, I don't want to ride with glasses. Um, and I don't, how bad is your vision? Like, could you ride without the glasses? I cannot read signs without my glasses. Okay. Do you think you read your bike computer? I, so I can read things close to me. Okay. But I can't see things far away very well. It would not be safe for me okay. to ride with other people without my glasses on. Okay. If I forgot them yeah. and was riding by myself and I knew I didn't need to read the road signs, I could see obstacles in front of me. But I wouldn't like, <laughs> I wouldn't like recommend it for myself or like feel like that was a good idea. Okay. Um, and I have astigmatism, so I don't want to deal with the contacts thing. Mm-hmm. And I also don't, I'm like kind of cheap. Like I don't want to go to the eye doctor every year and pay for a prescription to get anyway yeah so i have my prescription sunglasses and i have prescription clear glasses okay um and i have lost my prescription sunglasses on a ride before the an epic the death climb ride with some guys okay and they were too dark so my riding glasses used to be like a, a much darker like brownish black lens. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I would do these gravel rides and it's so shady mm-hmm. that they would be too dark. So I'd take them off for a little bit yeah. in the shady sections. Mm-hmm. And it like bounced out of my pocket one day. <laughs> so I ended up getting, um, now I have sunglasses that are the rose color and okay. they actually work really well for if it's bright or if it's shady. Okay. Nice. So I like okay. those. Okay. Um, I have a pair of, Smith attack max. I don't think they make them anymore, but, um, photochromatic. Mm-hmm. And I wear those all the time. Um, and, and I, I, I love it. Um, cause I'll do occasionally do a morning ride and it's dark. Um, and so, but I wear them all the time because the same thing you go in the, I don't like riding in the woods or excuse me, riding on the road. And it freaks me out a little bit when you're riding the woods and the lights coming through the trees. Mm-hmm. So then you can't, you look down the road and you may not see uh, the the shade that would come from seeing a hole in the right. ground. Um, and that would cause me issues with the darker shades of that, which yeah. are great. Um, so now I wear the photochromatic ones all the time and it is fantastic. They, they work well even in bright, bright daylight. Um, but I don't know if they make those in prescription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, mine's like a trail specific lens and it might be photochromatic or something that's okay. a different kind that okay. does a similar thing where it, it, changed, it pulls it gets a... out the contrast. Oh, okay. 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 So you're you're gonna do Stormy Thunder Ridge again next year. Yeah. <laughs> I will let Paula know. You've got another person who's committed to going. Um, you can do the seventy five. Which it still doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. still doing the, mountain. I, the only part I don't want to do is the mountains. Yeah, it's an ordeal. It is an, or, it is an ordeal. Um, okay. Um, so no mountain biking. Unlikely. Getting a mountain bike. Um, cliff bars. Um, uh, what do you use? You're putting your bottles. What do you drink? You just uh, Whatever water? I have around. I'm really not picky. I like okay. having calories. Okay. Gatorade is fine. Okay. Okay. Um, are you uh, like uh, liquid Gatorade or powdered Gatorade? I point out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, 
yeah, that that saves a, oh, a, yeah. a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, getting the powder stuff. Um, I think I might have covered a lot here. Um, you're still gonna keep racing. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you've won some races. I didn't ask about winning races. I just was participating in them. You've actually won some races. Podium, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first race you won? You got first place. Do you recall? Or has it just been that Um, long? Gosh, I don't know. Um, maybe Brian Park. I did a lot of them, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, like, getting first place isn't even... It's not something that isn't something you'd be proud of, but it's not necessarily the most memorable kind of race is the race that you do well at. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So my first cross race ever was Charm City. Okay. I don't know if you know. I do not know of Charm City. So Charm City is a place, not just the name of the race. It's both. Okay. Yeah. Charm City race. Okay. Um, so Charm City Cross, it's a UCI race. So the cool thing about the UCI races is after the amateur race is the pros race. Okay. So you can stay and hang out and like watch some big yeah. names, yeah. do some yeah. amazing things. Nice. And Brian Azell and Sharon Leary, the year mm-hmm. that I... Had, 2018 they were like you should totally try cross racing i was like what's that (laughs) and they're like you can have you can have this bike let's try it out and i was like okay (laughs) so literally brian drove me to charm city sharon gave me her bike as like the like you know an hour before the race starts they're trying to show me how to like put the bike on my shoulder so i can like carry it (laughs) okay like this is how you ride a cross bike this is how you get off a cross bike (laughs) like Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was incredible. That year they had some kind of plumbing issue and there was a pipe that burst okay. and water was like pouring out over the course. It made this huge mud pit, which right. was like fun pit for me. I feel like <laughs> I like fell in it a couple of, like it was just covered in mud and it was so hard. They have a, they hire a scaffolding company to okay. build flights of stairs. Okay. And so if you can imagine... A ramp on one side and flights of stairs on the other. Yeah. And then a flat at the top. Yeah. So it's like a flyover slash a flight of stairs. Yeah. You have to like run up the flight of stairs, remount, and then you go down the, the, the ramp. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. And by lap five, I was just dying. <laughs> I couldn't even like unclip from my bike at the end of that race, but it was so memorable. I, I mean, I don't even know what place I got. Like, it didn't matter. Right. And then I kept doing it. I can't believe I kept doing it. And then I did have a little bit of success. Fell in love with DC Cross. Okay. And then I was like, I, I really want to do a lot of DC Cross. This year, I finally, like, got on the podium for DC Cross, which was amazing. Nice. But um, I actually did not have as good a race experience getting Mm -hmm. a podium than not getting a podium because I beat myself up for not winning. Mm. Like I got third. Yeah. And I was like a pouty third per like my husband was like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I, I was like, I I really had to change my attitude. Yeah. 
and remind myself that when it comes to a podium, it's also about your competition. Okay. And I, like That's true. Yeah. the other women there that day did amazing. Yeah. Um, and so like getting first place isn't necessarily, it's a great motivation. Sure. And it continues to be a motivation for me, but it's not necessarily like the best races or the most fun races or the most memorable ones are like my right. highest ranking races. Like, yeah. Okay. okay. I don't say I don't, I don't say I'm glad that you had a pouty moment, right? um, <laughs> but it's it's it. Um, yeah, I think we do have to, you know, not have to worry about getting PRs all the time yeah. on all the rides, that kind of thing. And um, you know, I think we all end up having that moment of like, you know what? I actually don't need to get a PR. I don't have to do the best on every single ride. Um, it just has to be enjoyable, kind of thing. Um, least favorite ride, or was that the the Grusk ride? Crest was not my least favorite. Okay. I that was amazing. It was adventure. That was that was most savage, not least favorite. Okay. I don't have I don't have like a least favorite ride. I love riding my bike. Stormy Thunder Ridge. Oh, I wouldn't call that my least favorite. Okay. Yeah, because there are like moments of that ride that I loved. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's not an event or race or day that I can think about that. I have negative feelings or okay. wouldn't do it again ever. Yeah, I, no. Okay. Okay, all right. Thought I'd ask. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe I think I'm in the same boat. Where the none were like, that was the worst day ever. It just became, that was more of an adventure than expected. As usually I was on my today. bike. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, I think I covered like everything here. Um, the racing, the, the, the different bikes, you starting from reading a book, um, which is definitely different than others. Um, have you read more books about cycling? Yeah, I went on a whole, a whole binge of Kindle books. binge yeah. of every cycling memoir, some better than others. Yeah. Do you have any to recommend? Mm, I'd have to look back at titles. Okay. Okay. Were they so there was a combination of, of memoirs, um, uh, of people's um, riding events and things like that, mostly. Yeah, a lot of memoirs of people riding around the country or riding around the world mm-hmm. in different countries. There was one that was specific to a woman who was riding through Portugal. Okay. And I was like, oh, I want to ride through Portugal. The memoir wasn't that good or anything, mm-hmm. but I like how reading the different memoirs inspires me to maybe think about a different country that I hadn't mm-hmm. thought would be cool to ride through. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Books take you to different places. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, Jessica, I, I think I'd like to thank you for your time um, and for sharing the you know, uh, a bit of your impulsiveness of just doing things in the cycling world. Um, so that's great. I, I, I appreciate your time, um, and sharing your story. Thank you.